your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, we are going to give some final thoughts on last night's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Some thoughts about what I'm thinking for the Winnipeg Jets next season because it is going to be at some point in the near future time to consider how the Jets are going to look. And I feel like Winnipeg needs to make a few moves. At the tail end of the show, I'd also like to continue some thoughts about the Manitoba Moose, who actually won again in overtime, which is pretty awesome, beating the Stockton Heat. We always love to see that. And uh, more specifically, there is one player I'd like to highlight, somebody that I think Winnipeg really needs to take a long, hard look at, especially in the upcoming seasons. I think that this kid, which we've talked about on this episode as being a really productive center, is somebody that, for me at least, I think his potential is extremely high. My feeling is that Winnipeg is still kind of sleeping on him a little bit. I feel like this kid maybe has the potential to be someone special for the Jets. I don't know if Maurice sees it yet, but maybe the rest of the coaching staff does because he's certainly eating up minutes at the AHL level. Before we talk about the future, though, it's time to consider the present, and to be honest, things are not looking super great. Last night, Winnipeg ended up losing to the Oilers. I believe it was around 3-1 or something on the scoreline. Winnipeg basically, I don't know. They had a good effort in certain parts of the game, but I think the biggest issue and the core problem that's been sort of a recurring theme in this entire series is that Winnipeg just got outplayed. What sort of bugs me about this particular game is like the first couple of periods, the Jets just didn't really create much of anything. And that's not super shocking, especially in lieu of not having Adam Lowry or Nikolai Ehlers, but you know, the Jets still have plenty of shooters. And once you kind of look at Edmonton past the top six, you realize that their depth lines aren't really all that special. There's not much of a reason as to why the Jets really can't dictate the terms of the, the game, especially against, you know, guys like Gaten Haas, Alex Chason. You know, these these players are definitely serviceable depth guys, but there are players that the, the Jets should honestly be controlling the ice against. Winnipeg has continually played very cautiously against the Oilers, which for me is crazy because I feel like the only line that's consistently dangerous against Winnipeg is definitely any line that McDavid is on, right? You know, the other lines can be effective. It's not like Leon Draisaitl was a slouch. Certainly, Yesapuya Yarvi, Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, all of these guys are dangerous to a point, but I think it's obvious that when Connor McDavid steps on the ice, the entire complexion of the game changes. And so Winnipeg needs to take advantage of the minutes when McDavid is off the ice. And once again, that just didn't happen. Winnipeg sort of fell into Tippett's trap of trying to create all of these different breakout styles that, you know, Edmonton basically snuffed out. The Jets also could not break, you know, Edmonton's slot coverage, which essentially was to throw all five skaters right in front of Mikko Koskinen. Not a, a sound strategy usually, but against the Jets for some reason, it's very effective. 
The third period was when Winnipeg finally started to show some serious pressure, and it's kind of frustrating because it felt like the Jets waited so long to actually push on and, and lean on Edmonton. And the thing that, that kind of boggles my mind is that when you watch Edmonton under pressure, they really don't handle it all that well. Winnipeg has all of the tools and firepower to really lean on that roster. If you start forcing Tippett to ask his guys to clog the slot, it does leave a lot of room for the Jets shooters to sort of pick their corners and look for cross-seam opportunities. Instead, though, Winnipeg just seems to fall into this habit of looking for the same passing routes, the same shooting lanes, all this fairly predictable stuff that allows the Oilers to repeatedly exit their own zone, not necessarily with control, but enough to disrupt Winnipeg's own rhythm and offensive creation. So, very frustrating. Um, it's not like the Jets got shut out, but... It, it just felt like the Jets, no matter how good their effort was, at the end of the day, Edmonton has been outplaying them in most of their recent outings. It's not like the Jets were playing a relatively open, even game like they were in previous sessions earlier in the season. Now Winnipeg is just being stifled and shut down, which of course, leading into the playoffs, is not exactly a reassuring sign. The Jets are in a modicum of trouble, and I think that, you know, the Jets staff, the coaching staff, the management staff... Pretty much everyone involved with the team needs to think long and hard about how they intend to fix this. Tomorrow night, they'll be facing the Montreal Canadiens, who are behind them in the standings, and frankly, not all that close to catching up to the Jets, despite being like a 7 or so point gap. It's clear the Habs are in no better shape than the Jets are, but I, I think it'd be a mistake for Winnipeg to underestimate this team, especially with how desperate Montreal probably is. I also feel like Winnipeg just needs to put on a good show and prove that they have the confidence and ability to beat teams that they really need to. Losing to the Oilers 7 out of 9 times in the season is frankly unacceptable to me, and I, I feel like not enough is being made about how bad this streak is. I know that the, the, the current narrative is that the Jets are in a 5-game losing streak, but I think the bigger concern is that a lot of those losses right now are all coming to the same team. And that team has very much figured out the Jets. Everything from defensive structures to offensive breakouts to essentially figuring out how to psychologically damage the Jets and force them to play a very shell game. McDavid certainly accounts for a good portion of that, but watching Winnipeg sort of cower against a lot of weaker opponents, uh, you know, especially lines that don't involve McDavid, I just don't know why Winnipeg won't push the button and go further. I think the Jets have all of the firepower and all of the skill and physicality to run over the Oilers. This coaching staff is doing its best to hold this team back, and it's been a continuous theme over the past several years. It's looking even worse now because they're actually facing the same teams routinely, and the Oilers seem to have the magic formula to shut Maurice's plans down. It's not like these problems didn't exist before Ehlers went down. They've been a recurring theme every time the Jets are playing Edmonton nowadays, so not really feeling super confident about the postseason. Tomorrow, I can't say that even if the Jets win, that I'll be feeling any better about this team. You know, Montreal is very bad right now. I don't think that they're a great litmus test for how you should be playing in the postseason. And the Jets are going to be facing Edmonton most likely. That's the team that they need to be concerned about, and they still haven't shown that they have the ability to beat them, which I can't believe I'm saying that in this season and, and really with the kind of talent that the Jets have, but it is what it is. That's kind of where we're at. And I think I'm already thinking about next season because I don't envision the Jets making a particularly deep playoff run right now. As grim as the current Jets hockey may be, I do have to say that the future might be looking a little brighter, and we'll talk about what I hope the Jets look like next season in just a moment. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the Blue Nile 1010 Collection, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. 
Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out, and I'm blown away by the beautiful, simple ring from Lola Fenhurst. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this one out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10x10 only at BlueNile.com. Again, that's 10x10 at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about some stuff with the Jets. We talked about the, the game against the Oilers and ultimately Winnipeg kind of disappointing once again, which... I think we all sort of expected a loss. There seems to be a pattern against the Edmonton Oilers now that the Jets have yet to really find a way around. So not ideal, not a great time. And I'm sure people will be like, well, you know, be more optimistic, Harrison. The Jets are still in in third place in the division. Things are not too bad. But I think you have to really talk to yourself and be honest and say the Jets are probably not making it out of the first round, especially if they play the Oilers. Let's be real. Winnipeg's kind of in a bad spot. Their, you know, likely playoff opponent has them figured out. The Jets are going to be... I don't know, walking into a bit of a lion's den, especially if they're playing on the road. Hellebuck has looked a little more vulnerable. Some of the Jets are banged up. Blake Wheeler is kind of still recovering a little bit. Nikolai Ehlers may not exactly be fresh when he comes back from his injury rust and stuff. There's a lot to look at with this team and realize the Jets are probably in tough. Um, So I think it's important to start also thinking about next season because this is when the Jets are going to go back to the Central Division most likely, and I I would expect that the Jets are going to have to deal with a really resurgent and very powerful Colorado Avalanche team. The Avs are by far better than almost any single team in the North Division, and that includes Toronto. I know that the Leafs are pretty darn good, but Colorado's just playing a different level of hockey. They're in all likelihood going to run away with the division, but it's easy to overlook a team like Minnesota, which continues to produce a lot of really good results. They've got great cold tending from Cam Talbot. They've got a great young goal scorer in Kirill Kaprizov, which is a, a very dangerous opponent to face, especially in one-on-one matchups. And certainly the uh, the coaching staff seems to have a really well-balanced offensive plan that's got Minnesota playing smart hockey at both ends of the ice. So I feel like the Wild will be a really tough out. The rest of the division, I don't really know what to expect. I think the Central is going to be a bit of a mess. Nashville might be an annoyance, but I don't know if they're going to be that great of a team. St. Louis has also been kind of in a downswing. Jordan Bennington can't seem to cover for his team, and certainly the rest of that roster is 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 very good, but maybe not as elite as it was a couple of seasons ago. This, though, does put the Jets in a bit of a tough spot, because when you look at Winnipeg's roster and the way that they're playing against the North Division, and you compare it against how the uh, the teams from the former and likely future Central Division are playing, and you have to imagine that the Jets are probably not going to be in the top three of this of this new division. I'd expect them to be fourth or even fifth. Dallas is whatever. Chicago might be a bit of a wild card, but I think most of these teams are probably... I don't know, not playing better hockey than the Jets, but certainly playing at a level where I don't know if Winnipeg is going to be able to keep up in this division. To try and get back up to speed, Winnipeg needs to make a couple of very key moves this offseason. For one thing, I do think they need to figure out what to do with Andrew Kopp, whether it's trading him, exposing him to Seattle, or re-signing him. If they want to get him on a long-term contract extension, I would get that done, you know, after Seattle has their say about it. 
but maybe the best option is to actually trade Cop and let him go, because at this point, his numbers have been in decline in terms of on-ice impact. Certainly, his point scoring has rocketed it up this year, but in terms of actual on-ice contributions, especially defensively, he's not as good as he used to be. And his contract extension is going to start with the number four, so I don't know if that's something that the Jets are really interested in. I don't know if that's a cap commitment that they're willing to make especially given the fact that the last contract negotiation didn't exactly go according to plan for either party. So, yeah, not really sure how this one will work out. We'll see. I feel like Cop, for me, I'm a little bit divided on the one hand. I do want to keep him around, and I'd have probably prioritized him over Adam Lowry. Now that that is no longer the situation, I would imagine that Cop is probably the odd one out, especially with the emergence of Mason Appleton and the likely introduction of Christian Veselainen as a regular. I've also seen some buzz around Jake McCabe from a couple of different folks on Twitter as a potential option for Winnipeg's top 4D, somebody who the Jets would actually play because Paul Maurice likes those big, physical, gritty defenders, but McCabe is actually effective at moving the puck. He's a quality second-pairing guy. You could maybe put him with Pionk or, or Morrissey or something and probably get pretty decent results. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that moves the needle in the sense of being like an, a really elite top pairing D, but certainly he's a lot better than having, you know, either one of like Derek Forbord or Tucker Pullman anchor in that top four. Speaking of Tucker Pullman, his contract is up, and unless he's really willing to stay for a, a, like a third pairing D contract situation, you gotta let him go. He's probably going to be looking for a lot more money, certainly a decent amount of term with his top pairing role right now, and Tucker is just not at that level of defender. He's like a number six who's been asked to be a number two or even a number one, and frankly, he's neither, so I'd be very okay if the Jets let him find greener pastures. Maybe he'll join his brother in the Calgary system or something. It's also time to make Vili Heinola a regular of this lineup, certainly within the top four, if not the third pairing. I'd prefer that the Jets get him in a lot more ice time just because he's very good, he's very impactful, and he brings a lot of what the Jets are missing right now, but I'm under no illusions as to how this coaching staff operates, so I would expect him to get very sheltered minutes. I'd also be looking to ensure that Dylan DeMillo is protected from Seattle. He's really effective at what he does. He's one of our best overall two-way defenders. And the Jets really can't afford to lose his very good value contract. So keep DeMello around. Don't jettison him. Don't expose him. Make sure that Seattle does not pluck him. Stastny, I think, can be let go. He's very good, but he's definitely on the wrong side of 30. And I feel like at this stage of his career, he's not quite what the Jets need. In some ways he is, but, you know, he's not as fast as he used to be. And with Winnipeg wanting to create off the rush, I don't think he's that great of a fit. I would, however, re-sign Matthew Perot for at least one more season. I think Perot's still got quite a bit of juice left in the tank, so long as he stays healthy. And he could be a really effective contributor alongside somebody like, oh, say, Pierre-Luc Dubois, which has been a very effective combo so far. Aside from that, my main change is probably looking at the coaching staff and reevaluating the situation, which obviously is probably going to still be Maurice behind the bench, but I think Winnipeg needs to make the change. We've seen about as much as Maurice is capable of, and while everyone will be grateful for the 2017-2018 season, the rest of Maurice's track record is way too patchy at this stage. I think you have to be looking at a longer-term solution that's able to, to really be progressive, to understand the, the strengths and weaknesses of this team, and to best address them. As much as Mo has done for this organization, unfortunately, I think he is a bit behind the times, especially when it comes to tactical strategy. Move on and look for somebody who can really fill that void and make the most of this Jets team while this core is still at a fairly prime age. Speaking of guys who are going to be part of this Jets core at prime ages, up next we're going to talk about one particular Manitoba Moose player that I think deserves a bit of a shout out for his performance this year and somebody that I would like to see making a more regular appearance for the Jets next year. Before we get ahead of ourselves though, I did want to tell you about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. 
When it comes to auto parts shopping, it's hard to know if you're getting the best deal. And even if you know what you're looking for, even if you understand the market, the places you're shopping might not actually have what you need in stock. That's why you should look no further than rockauto.com. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, as well as setting a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. You can trust in rockauto.com's diverse selection as they're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. There's no membership fee to shop, and everyone always pays the same prices no matter their experience level. Best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's catalog is sure to have what you need at the best prices available. When you place your order, be sure to write locked on the knee, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. When it comes to the weird, wild world of online betting, you need to know there's a name that you can trust. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week also has tons of sports action on the go, as the NFL Draft is live and the Kentucky Derby is back with the first leg of the Triple Crown. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and countless other sports. Before that next pitch or sunk three, be sure to head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and throw your hat in the ring for some really great contests. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all your favorite teams are prepping for their playoff runs. Go to BetOnline and register for your free account today to get started. When you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is a matched 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about Winnipeg season so far and some stuff about the future. And I think one particular part of the future that I'm very interested in thinking about is David Gustafson joining the Jets next year. In the past, I've talked about the Swedish centerman as somebody that I'm very hyped for, and I think his continued production at the AHL level, as well as the style of play that he brings, really makes me think that he has maybe second-line potential. When Gus was drafted, a lot of people kind of focused on his defensive skills and physicality as two core elements of his game, which, again, both are definitely there. But I think a lot of people kind of imagined him to be more Adam Lowry than somebody else, I think that sort of comparison falls a little bit flat, though, and really does a disservice to just how good David Gustafson is at creating offense around the net. In many ways, he plays a bit like a really powerful forward. He's somebody who drives towards the slot. He's not afraid to engage defenders directly with a physical one-on-one matchup, especially as he cuts from a wide-out position towards the interior slot area. Tonight, he actually had a really nice uh, overtime game-winning goal with the Moose that actually showcased this ability. It reminds me a lot of the same sort of approach that Pierre-Luc Dubois has when he's kind of cutting in from the right face-off circles. But, you know, Gus is definitely not quite somebody with that level of stick work. Doesn't really matter, though. Big Dave is there to crash the net and essentially create chaos around the crease, but with that added layer of finesse that makes him a really interesting player. I, you know, I look at his production this year, which is currently sitting at 13 points in 14 games before I believe tonight's game counted. So, you know, he's almost a point a game at the AHL level. He's been getting tons of minutes as one of the top centers on the team. And like this Manitoba Moose squad doesn't usually score like a ton of goals against most opponents. So for Gustafson to be this productive and doing it in the style that he does, I think makes him a really interesting prospect for the Jets. He's somebody that I would like to see anchoring that third line. Obviously, Adam Lowry will be in that role, I would think, long term. But honestly, I think Adam is best served as like your number 4C. 
put Gustafson on the third line or something and start to feed him more ice time. I think he brings that extra layer of offensive skill that, you know, historically Winnipeg's depth forwards have lacked a little bit of. Cop definitely has it, but you have to have skilled players with him in order to really reveal just how skilled he is, especially in distribution and in tight angles. Gus is probably going to be the same way. I think you really want to have him with like a Veselainen or somebody else who's really good at finishing, maybe even deploying him alongside somebody like Cole Perfetti. You marry those guys from their AHL time, and I think you're going to have a really good time. You know, Heinola is going to be on the back end at some point in the near future. Gustafson should see regular rotation into the lineup and hopefully earns himself a long-term spot. He plays a really defensively responsible game. I think his offensive upside is there. He's definitely somebody who's not afraid to drive the slot. He's a hard-working player. He's got that physical build that makes him a terrifying, physical, imposing presence. But he's smart in how he uses it to get that interior position against opposing skaters. So I really feel like Gus has been going under the radar for a while now. He's somebody that I think Winnipeg really needs to start giving a much longer look to. And I won't be shocked if he one day blossoms into like a second line center. I think he has all the tool sets and skills and work ethic to really get himself into that position. I just hope he actually hits his ceiling. If you've ever seen Gus the Bus, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'd love to hear your thoughts on his play and what you think he might bring to this team. Hopefully, I, I expect that he'll be some kind of maybe a second line contributor, maybe a third liner. Hopefully, really productive. And maybe he can help Winnipeg solve some of its defensive issues. For tonight's show, though, that is going to wrap us up. We'll have some thoughts on tomorrow's show about what Winnipeg does against the Montreal Canadiens and whether or not this game ends up being, you know, any way, shape, or form convincing about Winnipeg's future playoff form. But like I said, you'll have to wait till tomorrow. They haven't played that game yet, and uh, I think we all need a break from the Jets sometimes. Before you log off, though, be sure to sauce our Locked On Today podcast a great listen. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked In Today podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.